1: What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Turn the Jets podcast. I'm your host Will Parkinson at willpod 11 on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Joined by a very special guest, former Jets safety, Falcons, Lions, Eric Coleman, nine-year NFL veteran. How you doing today, Eric?
0: I'm doing great, Will. Uh, I apologize for my my studio today. I'm on a, I'm on a road trip with the family down south.
1: Yeah, no, it's a, it's exciting times. You know, summer stuff starting to open back up. No one uh, no one can fault you there. But um, wanted to you know, wanted to get right into it. Uh, Robert Sala obviously being the Jets head coach, you being, you know, defensive player your entire career. And um, A, what was your impressions of the hire coming off, you know, the Adam Gase era and then B, what would it be like to play for a guy like Robert Sala who seems like this high energy, high culture guy on the defensive side of the ball?
0: Well, you know uh, the first part of your question, man, I, I was excited. You know, when they were, Talk, when there were talks about, you know, Robert Sala possibly becoming the coach, uh, he was the guy that I think everybody was kind of hoping that the Jets got. You know, he's a fiery coach. He, uh, you know, he's big on culture and, and effort and, you know, all these great things. And you see, you know, the impact of, that he has on all the players that he coaches around the league. And, you know, you would just hope for somebody to come like that, someone like that to come to New York. And, uh, you know, I'm excited. You know, I got a chance to meet him. He's a great man. Uh, you know, very, you um, you know, just very personable, you know? And that's one thing that, you know, that, that's important for a coach that I think gets overlooked is the communication between the players and the coach. You know, I've played for a lot of coaches that were great with X's and O's, you know, they might be good with schemes and things like that. But if you don't communicate uh, with the players well, then they don't want to play for you. You know what I mean? And I'm uh, and not, not saying that the guys don't go out and, you know, give your, their best effort, but it's just, it, there's something different when you, when you have a coach that's motivating and you know, and me myself, I would love to play for a guy like Coach Sala. You know, he seems like, um, you know, he plays my kind of football. You know, he he talks about all gas, no breaks, and that's the that's the way I played. You know, I was I was a hustle guy, I was an effort guy. You know, I had to be because I wasn't the biggest. But um, I, it's exciting to see what he's going to do to this team,
1: and 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 uh, I can't wait. Yeah, no, I couldn't agree more, and I think he reminds me, and maybe this is just me, you know, reminiscing of like when I got to be around the team, I was a kid with Herm Edwards and it just gives me that, that guy that like you buy into because he's a, he's a person that you want to be around regardless of like football or not. And then on top of that, being smart within your job and having either played football at a, a decently high level or being that guy that like you just buy into, that's for me, what really strikes me from, you know, a solid perspective and all the veterans that he got, you know, he talked a little bit about on, uh, you know, Sean McVay, on a podcast, how getting the veterans to buy in is the hardest part of being an NFL head coach. And I don't know if if you'd agree there, but it's like the young guys you come in, you just want to earn a job. Whereas the Richard Shermans and Bobby Wagner's and guys that are all pros, getting them to buy in was the hardest thing for him as a as a new defensive coordinator. I'm not sure if you know you you'd agree there.
0: Yeah, I do agree. You know, there a lot of times, you know, there, there are some veteran players that you know they, you, you got your you got your ego, and not saying that you. Um, think you're better than anyone but you know for a coach for a player for anyone coming into a locker room you have to earn your respect and I think that's something that coach Sala has walking into a locker room you know he has respect from players Uh, you know but you know all pros you know pro bowlers down to the special teamers he's respected uh, wherever he's been so uh, you know and when you you come into a locker room you have that great energy you know what you're talking about you have a Uh, you know you're confident then you know the veterans are going to buy in and once the veterans buy in and once they believe in what you're what you're talking about then they're the guys who are going to really be coaching off the field in the locker room teaching the guys that extra uh, having them go that extra mile so it's important to have the veterans buy in early um, you know just so they can get to the younger guys and set the tone in the locker room and moving forward.
1: Yeah no I I couldn't agree more and when speaking, you know, speaking of veterans and, and one of the positions of, I think of strength in the Jets at the moment is the safety group, just the way it's kind of transformed the last 12 months with Marcus May taking a huge jump. Yeah, obviously, you know, the departure of Jamal Adams hurts the room overall, but um, now you've got Marcus May who took a huge step last year. I thought playing both that kind of center field role a little bit, but also be able to play, you know, kind of a box, box safety role. And then you have a Marcus Joyner coming over from the Rams. I mean, I come from the Raiders. Coming back to his natural position, Ashton Davis, a young a young guy who you know hopefully will develop more in year two. A, how do you think the change in scheme um, kind of affects the safety position? And then B, what do you what do you like maybe love about Marcus May's game that you know can continue to have him you know move into the upper echelon of uh, you know top tier safeties in the NFL? Well, you
0: know, I, I love the change in scheme. You know. Playing, you know, the, they're going to play a lot of man-free, a lot of cover three. Uh, so Marcus May, uh, you know, all the other safeties are going to be moving back and forth. One's going to be in the box. Um, you know, I know for me, it was great. You know, I, I, like I love playing man-free. I love playing deep in the middle. It was nice to be able to read the quarterback, um, let your your players in front of you play fast, um, you know, trust your corners coverage. and coverage. That, that was great. Uh, but when I got to go down in the box and, and in blitz, and be a part of the run support and be in the, you know, be in the scheme and all the run fits, man, it made the game a lot of fun. So I think Marcus Mays is going to have fun. I love the scheme. I think that they're putting together the right tools to be successful in it. And, uh, and, and it's going to be, it's going to be great to see, you know, guys are going to be able to just pin their ears back. You know, you talk about Carl Lawson, um, you know, and Williams up front, you know, with that defensive line and, you know, all the effort that they put in there and then the second level, you have all the all the great linebackers It's gonna be a lot of fun. They're gonna be fine on the field. There's gonna be a ton of
1: Yeah, no, I, I couldn't agree more and something that I was kind of curious for you. Obviously you came in, you know, played year one. Um you guys, you know, did you were pretty successful in two thousand and four and um, a lot of people talked about safety being a position where your eyes have to really translate from the college game um, into the nfl game ashton davis last year i felt like had some some plays where he flashed really well and the, the play on monday night he blitzed and you know kind of blew cam newton up and you know you, you saw that flash but there's other games where maybe kansas city and you know guys tyree kill beat him a couple of times and some double moves how difficult a transition is that, you know, or how much can you improve year one, year two, you know, from from your eyes at that safety position? I feel like that's a huge you know, factor in, in playing the position.
0: Yeah, you know, I, I think that your eyes are probably the the biggest, uh, I, I think that's the first thing that you think of when you talk about, when you're playing the safety position, you know, you have to be looking at the right things. And my coach used to tell me, you know, you have to see the right things. If you see too much, you see nothing. And if you're looking at the wrong things, then you're going to be out of position. You're going to be hesitant. You're going to uh, be late on a lot of plays. And uh, if you have good eye discipline, then it's just going to take you to the ball. It's going to take you to where you need to go, where your responsibility holds. And, you know, for a guy like Ashton Davis, you know, coming into year two, I think that's something that you'll see uh, in a, a big improvement on, you know, from the offseason, he'll be able to, you know, focus on that, focus on, on your, your eye placement. And, you know, when you're a rookie, sometimes you just go out there and ball. You know, you're just going out there playing football and just letting your natural uh, ability kind of take you to where you need to be. And, you know, as you get into your second year, you start understanding schemes, how the offense is attacking you, where do you fit in the defense, and that's when you take your game to the next level. Uh, but having good eyes, seeing the right plays, uh, seeing the right keys is going to help you, uh, you know, to, to make a lot of plays. And I think that you'll see that jump from, from all the guys. Just because it is a more simple defense, uh, you can be aggressive in it, and, you know, it's going to allow the, the, the players to show their real talents.
1: No, I couldn't agree more. And, and one last thing on Marcus May, I wanted to kind of ask you about, and obviously a former player, you're going to obviously advocate for every guy getting an extension and, and getting a payday. And I, I know I, I don't blame you there, but how did, how difficult a situation do you think it is for the Jets right now? Because I feel like the history of the organization, and I know you went through this, Kerry went through this, a lot of guys went through it, you played with as well it's like retaining that homegrown talent that you've done such a good job developing and actually been somewhat successful with. And I feel like in recent memory, at least for me, it's been difficult because all these guys, the reason they always have cap space—is because you're not, you know, you're not retaining these young guys and paying them. How important do you think it is to get a guy like Marcus may extended because you watch a guy like Jamal Adams and yes, you got great return, but you know, that was a guy you developed. And hopefully Quinnen will get to that point, but there was a stretch there where there's like no extensions. Um, Who's, you know, how important do you think it is to get Marcus May retained for both the culture of the Jets and just kind of their brand around the league, you know, retaining internal talent?
0: Oh, you know, I think it's important. You know, Marcus May is a guy who's done it the right way since he walked in the door. You know, he's a hard worker. He's, he's you know, made plays. He's been a sure tackler. You know, he's been everything that you want and that you ask for as a, as a player, a uh, very good leader. And, you know, I, I think those guys should be rewarded. You know, they should be, they should stay. In the organization and it motivates players it motivates you to do to do things the right way it motivates you to you know put your all into it and you know that you'll see guys that like man i came in with him he got paid let me put in my work and you know that day is going to come for me and you know i think that's how you develop your team by by the draft you know through the draft um you know through undrafted free agents you know can, retaining those guys that's how you build the foundation of your team. Then you add in free agents and, you know, skilled players are, you know, here and there where you need help. And, and that's how you grow your team. So, you know, I, I think that Joe Douglas has done an excellent job. He uh, did a great job in the draft. Uh, I think he's done a great job in, in free agency. No big names, nothing really crazy, but players that they need that are key players that are self- that are going to work hard that you want to keep on
1: your team and, and, and move forward with. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. And I think it, it'll go a long way of the Jets have already kind of started the last six to 12 months of like really changing the way they're viewed maybe over the past decade or so. And I feel like continuing to do with that is tre- taking care of your own first before you take care of anybody else. Cause at the end of the day, those guys are going to be the, the people that are talking. I'll go to another team like, oh, they just treated me wrong. It's just going to trickle down. So um, one quick question on, you know, Zach Wilson, I know, you know, coming in rookie quarterback and um, you played a bunch of different quarterbacks in in your time. What do you see from him? Or what have you kind of, you know, watched a little bit from him that makes you say this guy could be successful in New York because you're coming from a a smaller division one school. Obviously, BYU is a big school, but in terms of football powerhouses and um, softer schedule and stuff, but the physical gifts seem to be there. Is that kind of what tells you on, hey, he could be successful here? Is it something you've kind of heard him say?
0: Well, you know, the, the physical gifts are great. You know, he has great arm strength. He's an athlete. Uh, you know, he can, he can throw, throw the ball, you know, like they say, you can make any throw on the field. Uh, but what, what kind of separates him from me is his mindset. He's very confident in his skills. He's a gunslinger. He's a guy that, uh, you know, he, he really goes out in the field thinking he's the best. And he's very confident in himself. And, and those guys are the ones that you want in your locker room. You know, it's, it's always tough to have a, a guy who's, who's very hesitant, who doesn't really, he's unsure of himself. Zach Wilson is the furthest thing from that. You know, he's very confident. And, you know, the coaches are going to be able to hone that. They're going to bring that in. They're going to calm him down. They're going to sharpen up uh, some of those edges and and put him in the right situations to thrive and just build his confidence. So, um, you know, that's going to be up to the coaches. I think they do have the right coaching staff to build a guy like Zach Wilson. And and I really do think that he's going to have uh, a long, uh, very successful career with the Jets
1: let's let's hope so we can they can stop we don't have to keep talking about who the jets are going to draft the quarterback in the top five for uh for a long time let's uh let's hope that happens but kind of wanted to get in a little bit of um you know your career a little bit and some of your experiences with the jets and a season that stands by like, 2004 2006 stand out for me just because you guys had both young teams like really strong draft classes your guys class is you john jericho a bunch of guys and then you look at 2006 and there's revis and you know all these guys coming in or 2007 Revis coming in all these guys and like how do you, the Jets, obviously a very young roster. They have some vets they brought in and stuff like we mentioned, but mostly a very young roster. The last two draft classes really stand out when there's like no real expectation on you. Do you think it's easier or is it difficult because there's just the ups and downs of being a, a young team? Cause I feel like it could go either way. You get hot and like things are going well, or sometimes you you know, make some bonehead mistakes.
0: Yeah. I think I actually think it's easier, you know, when there, when there's no expectations, you have a young team uh, because uh, especially when you get a coach like Robert Saleh in here, who you're, you're gonna come in here with maximum effort. You're gonna buy into the culture. You got the veterans bought in. Um, you know, guys wanna do it the right way. They understand that, uh, you know, we might not be talked about all off season like the Buffalo Bills are, or like some other teams around the AFC. But, you know, we can come in, if we put in the work, you know, we bust our butt on special teams, uh, play hard on offense, defense, then we're gonna win some games. And we're gonna surprise a lot of teams. And teams like that are very dangerous because once they get the confidence, once they get a couple of the wins, then now it's trouble. Now, now you got a young team with the chip on their shoulder that has that swag, that is not afraid of anybody, and that is going out looking for a fight. and, and I think that's the kind of team that the Jets are going to be. You know, once they want to get a couple of the wins under their belt, start really buying in. Uh, you know, start understanding who who are the leaders, who are who that out i think that this team would be very successful and it's going to be a great start for uh robert Salah and his coaching staff
1: yeah no i i think it's one of those things where it's almost like you kind of play with your hair on fire and you, you just kind of don't even know what's you don't know any better other than just like run around 100 miles an hour and try to hit people and and score and i think they'll be a team that's more enjoyable to watch than they have been in a long time um i wanted to kind of ask you about who you know obviously I was watching for some reason. I turned on the Steelers 2004 game, which was super frustrating. And got really, I got pissed off all over again with the missed kicks. But um, <laughs> what was the game that stood out to you? You had a huge interception in that game. But what was the what was the one game like throughout your time with the Jets that you sticks out in your memory above all else? Is it is it that game, or is it there other games that kind of stick out of like we were? That was a huge win, or this was so exciting for me personally.
0: Yeah, that, I mean that that game was awesome. You know, I was a rookie. We had played Pittsburgh um, one time in the regular season that year. And um, just the atmosphere was crazy. And, you know, to see the guys band together, you know, we, we both fought our butts off. You know, the offense came through with big plays. The defense came through with some big stops. Um, you know, we did. We even had some big special teams plays. Uh, we fell short. And it was funny because, you know, I was a rookie. That was my first time in the playoffs uh, playing against Pittsburgh. and um, And I was like, I was just thinking to myself, oh, man, we'll be here next year. You know, I'm thinking it's like, it's like high school or college. Like, you know, we got a lot of guys coming back, you know, me, Vilma. you know, we just got drafted. We're going to be here next year. And then the next year we don't even make the playoffs and our coach is gone and, and everything changes. So it's, um, it kind of showed me a lot about how the league works and how you have to take advantage of every single opportunity. Uh, you, you can't be, you can't put things on the back burner. You got to go get them right now uh, and you got to strike while you can in the NFL, you know, especially in the playoffs. So, um, that taught me a lot about the league though. And I think it really did set the
1: table for
0: how I went about the rest of my career, just being for granted. And at this moment, it may be my only opportunity.
1: Yeah, no, I think uh, something that like stood out, it's just funny, like you look at Big Ben in that game. And I like, I was only 10, 11 years old, but like, the difference in Big Ben there versus like the next five or six years is drastically <laughs> different. They won, they won in spite of Big Ben. Yeah. Not, not because of Big not Ben. Because, like, yeah. Yeah. Not. You know,
0: it was funny because the, the scouting report when we played Ben Roethlisberger, the first couple of times was he stares down one receiver If the receiver's not open. He's going to, he's going to tuck the ball and run. And that was like what he did every time he would stare down one guy If that main receiver wasn't there. He would tuck it. You know, they relied on the run game they had a great defense and uh and Ben was obviously a very good athlete he was strong yeah he, he had a huge arm so he was throwing bombs but if you took away that main route he was going to run it and it was cool to see how he developed throughout his career as as just a as, as a pocket passer a guy who you know can light you up from the pocket and uh, just continue
1: to grow his game man it's it's been fun to watch yeah no it's uh it's, it's interesting to watch i just was i couldn't i couldn't oh, like i i, I, I had knew it how it was like that but uh, You know, I couldn't remember like how very much he was uh, more in spite of him. But who was a couple of the guys that really stood out for you that you played with? And you were like, this guy's different. Like, this isn't just just another guy or like someone that's a scheme like this, either athletically, mentally, whoever it was. And, um, Mm -hmm. you know, your time that really stood out, you're like, this guy's a dude. Like, I'm hoping Curtis Martin's on it. I literally love uh, that dude.
0: (laughs) Oh, yeah. Well, you know, Curtis Martin was definitely, definitely one. You know you get in the training camp and you get to practice and you see the way that he works and then once the real game started you saw him turn up another notch and just to see how um competitive he was how tenacious he was as a player uh, it was always fun to watch him play um you know wayne crebet was another guy like i remember in training camp practice you know playing safety i had to cover the slots all the time and so wayne and i would go against each other in one-on-ones and i remember because i played corner for a year in college like i was a very good cover, cover safety. And he was lighting me up. And when one day I just got fed up, it was like, you know, second week of practice of of two days. And I said, I said, Wayne, I said, why are you beating me? Like, what is the problem? And he goes, you're looking at my eyes. You know, when I come off the ball, you know, Wayne has this strange way of running and he like engages you with his eyes and you're supposed to be, I'm supposed to be looking at his belt because wherever his belt goes, that's where his body's going to go. But I'm looking at his head and his head is all over here. So he's giving me fakes. And, you know, that really helped me. And, uh, you know, he, he worked with me and, and helped me to become a better a better safety. But it was really cool to see a guy of that stature go in there and work the middle of the field and operate. Uh, you know, he's he's the first guy. You know, and then you see, the now you see the Julian Edelman, the Wes Welkers, you know, all these guys who come in and play that slot position. Uh, Wayne Corbett was definitely the original and uh, did a great job at it. Uh, but, you know, another player that I played with that was just, unbelievable was was calvin johnson you know when i got to uh, detroit you know i got I, I you know i heard about calvin i played against him once i knew he was super fast uh, but when i got to detroit uh, to see his stature i mean he's six foot six you know 240 pounds and the guy can run as fast as faster than anyone he can jump out of the building and i remember after one of my first couple of practices in detroit my wife was down in atlanta because i had just came from atlanta uh, i called her i said i said baby. This guy on this field is is beautiful. The way that he goes and gets the ball, the way that he runs is effortless. He's like the hardest worker on the team. He's he's a humble guy. And on top of that, I was like, man, that's this guy is special right here. And uh, it was great to see that he was inducted into the Hall of Fame and had the great career that he did in Detroit. But you know, there's, there's no one
1: more deserving of that than, than Calvin Johnson. Calvin is. One of the craziest athletes I've ever seen. Like the fact that he got taken that high, playing in a triple option offensive receiver, should just show you like (laughs) you're different. Um, No, right. It's funny you talk about Wayne Corbett and like and Curtis. I I just like some of those guys. Like, did you got a year of Revis? Did you get a year of Revis his rookie year? Yep. Yeah, Yeah, I got to play Revis. Revis is 2009. Revis, I think, is the best uh, best cornerback performance I've I've seen in in a single season. I have to be honest with you that. (laughs) <laughs> that was something different. It was like every guy who's going to be in the Hall of Fame, like T.O., looked like a scrub. Like A.J. Green looked bad. Andrew Johnson looked bad. It was like it was yeah. Randy Moss looked bad. It was just, that was something I don't think we'll ever see again. Of a guy that like locks like five, six, seven Hall of Famers in a season, like to nothing. Yeah,
0: and that it was it was really cool playing with him because you know even as a rookie, um, he was so good. You know, playing that press man, uh, you know, at the line of scrimmage, you see how patient he was, and even as a young player, he had the discipline and never really got out of sorts and always seemed to be in control and you know when i was playing that free safety position with revis on the field a lot of the times i would just leave him alone you know i may start off on his side but i would go help out the slot on the other side go help out the other uh, z receiver because i knew that revis had this side of the field locked down and that's the the ultimate luxury as a a free safety to have a guy who you can depend on who's going to lock his side down and uh, and playing with Darrell, man, that was it was really special. And it's great to see his career, you know, go where it went. You know, he, he became one of the greatest corners to play the game. And you know, to think that I got to play with him
1: and, and be a part of that was uh, is something special. Yeah, no, it's it's interesting that how impactful a guy like either you know a Revis or, um, you know, even like I look back at some of the Jets days, and that's what I'm kind of. Carl Lawson to me sticks out because as good as the 2009 2010 teams were in terms of the defense overall as like a unit in the scheme I don't Calvin Pace is a strong player and I'm not this is not a slight Calvin Pace but like the John Abraham dominant edge like they just have not had that in such a long time where now as a safety I, I think in my to myself if I have good corners and a good middle linebacker and all of a sudden there's edge guys like I can just play football you don't have to you're not thinking I need to make up for two three four guys jobs and I felt like the last couple of years, it's been that's been part of the struggles as well. It's like you can't play, you can't, you're not even just worrying about yourself or worrying about four or five other guys because you don't you either have trust in them to do their job or they're just can't, are not physically able to do that job.
0: Right, right. It, and it is, uh, you know, a great luxury, to, you know, to have a great pass rush. I mean, you talk about, you know, Quinn Williams, Carl Lawson, you know, all the, all the players in that D line, you know, when you can get quarterback without blitzing. Second of all, you're going to get the ball out quick and he's probably going to make mistakes. So that's going to lead to some turnovers and and player, Uh, you know, make up even if you make a mistake, a lot of times pass rush can make up for it. So um, it's gonna be it's gonna be great to see Carl Lawson. I haven't got the got a chance to watch a lot of him when he was in Cincinnati, but I'm I'm, very, I'm very excited to see him play. Uh, nobody
1: nobody watched the Bengals last year, and that's a- <laughs> <laughs> um, one one other guy I wanted to ask you about real quick um, is Elijah Moore's gotten a lot of comps to your former teammate Santana Moss in just terms of size, toughness over the middle, kind of the special teams game. How do you see that comp? Because like I I think it's something that I don't know if it's just the easy one because it's like a, a high drafted, you know, smaller receiver, <laughs> you know, for the Jets, but it seems like that's a you know, I was watching a lot of your stuff just because, you know, going back and he pops off the screen a lot of times with some huge plays. Is that a comp that kind of sticks out to you like, you know, similar for Elijah Moore and Santana Moss?
0: Yeah, you know, well, when I when I watch Elijah Moore, I, I see some of that, you know, I see what people are talking about. Um, you know, Santana is one of those guys, he's one of the few guys I've ever seen, you know, be able to change directions without you know, dropping his hips down and, and slowing down, you know, just super explosive, uh, crazy change of directions and just amazing strength, especially for a guy with a smaller stature. Uh, but I do see a lot of that in Elijah Moore, you know, a guy who's shifty, who can make you miss, uh, you know, who's tough as well. And, and, I, and I think that he's going to be a huge weapon for Zach Wilson and the Jets. I work in the middle of that field in special teams he's gonna he's gonna have a lot of opportunities this year and and i think that he's going to be a, a very special player once he starts to find his game uh within the nfl one
1: one thing i wanted to ask you bass so i'm a diehard usc fan i put on the usc stuff i know you have the washington state stuff on you were you it's it's brutal i i wish i didn't I wouldn't support such <laughs> oh, a great Okay, great so college. since you
0: want, time out since you want to since you want to bring up usc one of my greatest moments of my college career was my junior year. Um, we were co-packed 10 champs with USC, and we played We played USC in Pullman. We played – Carson Palmer was the quarterback. They had Kerry Colbert. Um, who else was on there? Reggie Bush and Lindell White. Reggie Bush was very young, I believe. Yeah, he was young. Yeah, Lindell White, Herschel yeah. Dennis. They had so many guys on that team, and we beat them in, in overtime. That was one of my, my favorite I victories remember. in college. I remember.
1: I remember. (laughs) I was just going to say, like, obviously with the, you know, the new, like the NIL, like the, you know, licensing and imaging rights and stuff, Mm -hmm. A, how important do you think that is for like, I I think for me, the guys that are juniors that are debating coming out, there may be fifth, sixth, seventh round guys that want to come out so they can, you know, help provide whether back home, whether it's, you know, for themselves, whatever. And now not having to do such because they can, you know, earn money while in college. How important do you think that is A and then B I was just going to ask you, like, how crazy is it to think, like, how much money would Reggie Bush have made not from boosters, but from, like, straight up a Nike or somebody back in the day?
0: Yeah, you know, well, I I think it's very important, you know, for for players to be able to take advantage of their situation. You know, for so many years, you know, people will say, oh, you know, you're getting a scholarship, and, and that's great. But the university is making hundreds of millions of dollars. You know, some universities are making hundreds of millions of dollars off the football program. And it's only right that some of those players get an opportunity to put some of that money in their pockets. So, um, it's gonna, it's exciting. You know, I, I you know, you are a little bit jealous, you know, you wish that you could have, you know, could have made some money off the field when you played, but at the same time, because of the, those sacrifices that we made, these younger players are going to be able to take advantage of it. And hopefully my son, my daughter one day will be able to do that as well. So, um, it's exciting, but when you think back to the players like Reggie Bush, uh, you know, so polarizing, Tebow, such a special Tebow player. Made. Oh, Tim Tebow, yeah, these guys, man, they they would have stayed in college. They, they probably would have asked for a fifth year, you know, to stay in college. But uh, you know, you add that to the experience of college because everyone loves being in college. It's just the fact that um, you know some people have family situations; they want to help out back home. Uh, they want to get their career started. I, I think for the guys who are more secure. Th- that'll definitely add another year to their, to their college experience. It'll help teams get stronger. And, um, and just, it's just really exciting to see the ways they're going to market these players, the the different ways that guys make money and, uh, and, and how it affects them on and off the field.
1: Yeah, no, it's, it's interesting. Cause from a two, from two perspectives, like I played in college, two people, Oh, you know, football players get dude, we're also the football team. Generally, the income they're bringing in is usually paying for all the other sports to be able to be functioning that are not making a profit, which is something no one ever talks about. Yeah. And I don't care if I sound insensitive; It's just the truth, like the numbers say so. But the other thing I was just thinking about, like I was like making a list in my head. I was like if Tebow, Reggie, Cam probably at some point would have been a high, one of the higher paid guys. I was trying to think who else would have really stuck out. But then, like, like Johnny Manziel, yeah, Johnny Manziel with the, <laughs> with the money, that would have gotten, I'm sure, t-shirts and all. Well, and then, you know what it made, struck me was I laughed about it was the Ohio. Remember the Ohio State guys? I think it was maybe it was Terrell Pryor when he was a freshman with the autographs. Yes. And it was like now he would have actually just made money on the autographs instead of getting suspended.
0: <laughs> yeah, that that would and that that has always bothered me. I mean, the guy was exchanging autographs for like tattoos. Yeah, you know what I mean, and, like, and he, you know, <laughs> ended his career. It like wasn't like he wasn't like true.
1: selling merchandise of like him. Like it was just like whatever. That was a whole uh, a whole nother discussion. But two last quick things before I let you go. And um, one, way too early. You don't have to give an exact prediction, but like way too early. What what's the record look like? You know, over the seventeen games. And then who's a guy that you're most excited to watch this year? Um, offense, defense, special teams. You know, kind of fly around the football field.
0: So, oh man. I don't want to give
1: you too. much. Oh, let me see. I, okay. So you can, put go it like go range. you can go range. You don't have to go. To that yeah,
0: I, I say somewhere around 500, hopefully a little above it, you know, that would be great. But I think if, if the team could win, you know, seven, eight, nine, ten 10 games, that will be a big success. And um, you know, just to see the progress, just to see the, the, the growth, I, I think that playing with the attitude and the effort that they're going to play with, they have the players, but i think they're gonna surprise a lot of people and win some games they probably people probably think they shouldn't win and um and that's just gonna be the start of it so i think i think you know i would love to see seven eight nine games out of the jets i think that would be a great start uh to to this um you know to coach to coach sala and uh in his regime i think that'll be so, something realistic what about yourself
1: i'm in the i'm in like the i'm in the same boat i think I was at probably like a six or seven win mark yeah. maybe two months ago. And then the even like the little moves of Morgan Moses, stuff like that, they just have made like an intent on adding edge rushers, high-level athletes o linemen, which is like the key to winning in the NFL, in my opinion, obviously outside the yeah. quarterback. So um, I'm more in the eight to nine win boat. I think by default, having a better coach, you win more games. And on top of that, the schedule is a little favorable. They get They don't play as many elite quarterbacks, which is what stands out to me. Like, I feel like the last couple of years, I don't know why, but they get like they got like back-to-back weeds like Mahomes, and it's like you just you're not those when your teams you're an underdog, you're probably not beating those teams. Um, I'm excited for them to get Brady yeah. in Week 16. I hope the Bucks are in the playoffs already, and it's like you just get to get Brady one more time realistically before <laughs> he eventually retires. But uh, yeah, no, I'm I'm just I'm excited for that, and then I want to see Quinn Williams be just dominant for 17 weeks and just be able to like make an all pro be a pro bowler or whatever. And be like the guy that's like, this is what the jets are doing the right way. And like, this is why in two, three years, like they're going to be a contender in the playoffs. So those are the guys that stand out. I don't know for me. Yeah. Last, last. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. I, I yeah. oh yeah.
0: I didn't get to answer that part. yeah So CJ Mosley is the guy who I want to see, you know, a guy who came in a couple of years ago, uh, you know, had a great half of football, and, you know, really showed a lot of, a, a lot of excitement, you know, for Jets fans. And then he, you know, stood out, sat out last year. I'm really excited to see what he can do for the team this year, his leadership, his set, you know, I hope that he adds a lot to the defense.
1: No, me too. I think that's a guy that like, he also, again, him and like playing that free range and like just kind of playing like some of that Tampa 2 stuff and like dropping in cover three, like he's going to look, he should, if he's healthy, it'll take a little while. I hope he gets a little preseason reps, honestly, because I think, like it'll help him being out for basically two years straight. But if he's on the field, it's gonna be awesome. My last question before we let him go, who's benching more? You or Sala? Because Sala is <laughs> in shape, man, but you're obviously still got it. So
0: man, you know, okay. So if you would have asked me about a month, about a month and a half ago, I would have said me for sure. But um, but I but I, you know, Coach Sala, I think has been hitting the weights. I, you know, he's a he's a guy who's in shape. Uh, he's been working hard and I've been kind of enjoying my summer so i've been relaxing so I, i'll probably say coach salad right now
1: but give me a, give me a
0: give me a couple give me about a month and, I,
1: and i'll be in the back off next year in the off season we'll set it up we'll we'll get it we'll get a bunch of we'll get a bunch of the former jets in there we'll have solid <laughs> training give him a little give him a little trend or whatever is going on in the strength in <laughs> meeting now and we'll get them going but no we obviously really appreciate it and um i i mentioned eric before i've literally met him you know, I guess 17 years now ago and whatever, and was super nice to me as a kid. And so I've been a huge fan forever. So I really appreciate you coming on and, you know, enjoy, uh, enjoy South Carolina and, and, you know, in the trip and, uh, you know, we'll talk soon. All right. Thanks a lot. Thanks for having me.